Production. Recorded live. Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to our Thursday night comic book chat corner, whichever you want to call it, as we do our walkthrough through the Uncanny X-Men classic stories from basically the new X-Men as we've gone through the Proteus saga and we have begun the Phoenix saga. Um, but we've, before we get to the Phoenix saga, we had to walk through a, a couple of other areas before we get to Phoenix and then Dark Phoenix. Uh, on the line tonight, I have Brother Beaver. Say what's up, Brother Beavis. Hey, how's it going? All right. And then we also have Sandman on the call. Say what's up, Sandman. Good evening, my friends. We are back again. Yes, sir. And uh, Big Hutch probably will be on uh, this week or at least communicate with him earlier in the day that he said that he was going to get on this call. Um, last week we walked through um, the, I guess, the the pre-Hellfire Club stuff or the pre-Phoenix stuff as uh, the X-Men after the project had gone back to New York. Uh, Cerebro had identified two new mutants, uh, both of them whack. Um, (laughs) uh, um, yeah both of them not exactly two of my favorites at least um uh and then definitely big hearts is not in favor of of kitty pride and dazzler have been introduced to the x-men universe and um we also got our introduction to hellfire club sebastian shaw the white queen um and that process so where we are tonight is we're going to look at the pre-Dark Phoenix saga. Uh, before Gene returns, you know, Jason Wingard, a.k.a. Mastermind, has done his best to to turn Jean Grey or to get into her mind to kind of unleash the power of the Phoenix, try to get the control of her so she could become uh, the Black Queen. And now, even though that hasn't happened yet, he is definitely gotten into her head and time shifted her back into the 1800s to that she's marrying Jason Wingard. Um, he's really kind of doing the mind meld on her that's definitely messing up her brain real fast. Um, Cyclops knows it. Um, Gene knows it to a, a point, but they're really the only two that knows there's something going on. So now we shift back into episode or issue 132. If I can find out, I found a new website, y'all. I think I mentioned it to Brother Beavis there at the start. There, it's just called it's readcomic.com, a read comic online, and it's basically some online ones. I was not able to find my issues of this because they are definitely buried in the attic uh, or in the garage. So, um, yeah, they were not getting them. So, yeah, it was issue 132 cover has Sebastian Shaw throwing Storm on top of the other X Men uh, as like a rat. Says she's the last one. The Hellfire Club has defeated the X Men, and comics are only forty cents. So, <laughs> <It's a> damn shame. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the the issue is called and Hellfire is in there is their name. Uh, the X Men after they had left New York, Cyclops had made a decision to take the team out to New Mexico uh, to kind of throw off whoever was tracking them, and they don't know who's tracking them yet. And so he takes them all the way out to New Mexico to this ranch that um, in the mountains that Angel has. Now we can we talk about Angel's socks? Okay. <laughs> yeah, his whole <laughs> outfit is you know. Yeah, it's unfortunate that Big Hutch is not on because I don't. I think I can almost see a wallet tucked into those socks. 
<laughs> Pulled up to his neck. <laughs> uh, yeah, no dump, no doubt. Duly noted. Um, and all the wrist pads. The wrist, right, is, yeah. He's got a headband, yeah. wrist pads, yeah. stripes, uh, a white Yeah. off. And his socks full up. Yeah, and, and that was where I was going. Angel's an awful character, too. Yep. <laughs> um, he's, he's one of my least favorite X-Men of all time. He's just yeah. quite useless. And I, you know, like a, Brother Beavis will probably have it as ready. Uh, what was his normal card? Because it had to be awful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he had to have no, he had a card. Oh, okay. He he had, what is he, typical sin? Uh, he probably had decent endurance because he could fly. Probably um, had agility. like incredible, probably agility. incredible agility. agility. Yeah, yeah, but he can't fight either. So he probably had well, fair, good at the most. Most of them, yeah, good. Everything was just good. That's all with what I remember. And typical, with some uh, some of his stuff. Awful. He's well, a dude yeah. with wings. That's all he yeah. is. And they, I mean, they kind of saved him by turning him into Archangel later on. But as a whole, the, the character is terrible. Anyway, yeah. so they're out into the mountains. Um, they get greeted. Now, uh, Professor Xavier is also with them, but he's, you know, still kind of in his feelings about Cyclops doing this <laughs> and being the leader of the X-Men at the time. Now, it's going to come up later again. Um, Angel plants this weird kiss on Jean Grey's lips. To yeah, I was about to say something about that. Yeah, what kind of yeah. cock-blocking stuff is that? Yeah, yeah it always struck me kind of weird. And then, yeah, me as too. You, as you can see, Jean, as she's talking now, her dialogue boxes are drawn completely different than they were before. They're real dark yeah. on the outside. Um, yeah, the, the spooky box. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that maybe her moods or whatever are changing. Um, when basically, yeah. Scott, yeah, Scott gets those angels get thrown out somewhere so he can talk about what has happened. Angel admits that, you know, hey, we're part of the Hellfire Club, and, you know, his new his girlfriend at the time, Candy Southern, we're members of the Hellfire Club. It's just a bunch of rich, you know, stodgy, you know, Trump supporters, essentially. You know, it's nothing, <laughs> you know, they're not really trying to kill or hurt anybody or anything like that. And, you know, Scott recaps everything that had happened. And, you know, and then Jean Grey comes, and, um, you know, they have this real scene here where she changes her, the suit, um, from, you know, her Phoenix outfit into a bathing suit. And, uh, you know, her and Scott had this a long time. She's actually able to, you know, keep his uh, tele- his uh, uh, optic glass in check. You know, it's like this real, like, the interesting scene because she wants to see his face. Which they also kind of played this scene out in X3. Y'all remember that? Before she sucked the life force out. Right before she killed him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So they did play the scene out, and you know, Cyclops is in his head the entire time about this whole thing. You know, he's got this hot redheaded lady, you know, ready to go, and he's like, "Blast!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I open my eyes even fractionally without the visor's ruby yeah. quartz shield to contain my optic blast. <laughs> Dude, shut up. <laughs> yeah, dude, shut up. Smash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and he says that every time there's any time his optic uh, his uh, glasses are not on, he has to say that. Oh, my my optic uh, whatever he just said. Yeah, yeah. It's required. He has to say it every damn time. Yeah, every damn time. 
I'm reading this now at forty something. Like she, she, she wants a different out the glass right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> She's trying to worry oh, about buddy. your ruby quartz. Yeah, no, yeah worry about yeah. your ruby quartz at this point. She she's into something else. Uh, so the scene shifts back to New York, and another time shift of like I think a week, something yep. like that. Yeah, where yeah, uh, X Men off off panel have plotted this entire uh, intricate plot of how they are going to sneak into the Hellfire Club, you know, to check it out. Now, and I'm sure that this played out in some other way. I'm sure I, I must have missed it. You know, but couldn't Xavier had kind of gotten close to this and maybe read some minds or doing something like this as opposed to putting this whole plot together? Did I miss something? Uh, so, he's, so he has, like, no relationship with the new team is one thing, and Cyclops is kind of keeping him out of it. And I think his – I don't know if his powers were at all affected when um, when uh, he was – we was with Lander and stuff like that. So I think it's – Primarily, just Scott's kind of keeping him out of it, and so I think, like you said, he's got a dialogue coming up here with with Angel, where like he can't establish his psychic psychic rapport, and then so as a result, like him without his powers, he doesn't really kind of know what to do. I think is more of the right. issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just it just seemed weird because I'm like it, it seems like this was a, a very complicated plot that they put together, and also really not that well thought out. Um, so we're going to go in, like, we think these people might be hunting now. We're going to go in, and they know all this stuff about us already. Right. We're going to go in looking just like ourselves, essentially. And well, I think at this point, too, they haven't associated, like, the dudes that they fought in the last issue. I don't think they've associated that to the Hellfire Club. Right. Right. So yeah. I think they've, they haven't, they're, they're trying to put it together, and they think this is just maybe a recon mission. Um, mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, it isn't. It isn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely uh, not. So they put Batgirl and Wolverine in the sewers. Uh, Wolverine makes a decision about cutting some insulation off some wires that'll come important later on. Um, all the normal rotation gets sent into the big, the masses' big house. Um, with Gene, Colossus <laughs> gets some dialogue. Yes, some pretty patented colossus or colossus yeah, dialogue. Yeah, some raising communist regime dialogue here, and um, uh, and then Professor Xavier is doing the Oracle, but from like New Mexico, <laughs> like they didn't even they didn't let him come to New York. He has to do it from all the way across the country and put him in his corner, and he ain't happy about it either. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's you know, so they make it to the Fire Club. Uh, you want to go ahead and go in on Colossus and his, his Colossus dialogue, brother? Yeah, he's so uh, he's. This is another example of how he can't. You know, he's sad because he left his farm and the communist regime would never let him wear clothes this comfortable and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's such a fancy. You know, I think he said, "What is it? Like I feel weird wearing clothes that cost more than what my father would make in a year." Exactly. Uh, they feel yeah. marvelous. Yeah, they feel marvelous. Yeah, yeah, I caught that too. An interesting line. Yeah, so into the party, uh, of course, they get spotted immediately. It's on tracking. Sure. Within seconds. They're yeah, walking sure what the they were thinking. Yeah. 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 Well, well, I mean, no disrespect. Um, you brought a nigra to the party. 
<laughs> she would stick out as much as she would at this point. So, oh um, man, I'm sure she was. I'm sure all the security cameras were watching her as soon as she walked in the store. So, um, well, the other yeah. thing too is like at this point, and this was kind of the conversation between Cyclops and Professor X, like. The, the Hellfire Club is up in that shit. They've got the they've got the the mansion tapped. They you know basically looked at all the training videos, prepared like special defenses against all of them. This is a one sided mm-hmm. fight at this point. So like the X Men think they're going in on recon, and they're like, oh, you've walked into our fancily dressed trap now. Blah blah blah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's just right. I just, it seems weird. I mean, it's like a because comics thing. Like, well, we had to get them there for a reason. Okay, fine, this is it. And um, so we get a chance to see the full Hellfire Club now, too, where you get to see, uh, I think Shaw had made an appearance in the previous issue. Yeah. and Pierce are, I think this is their first appearance out of the shadows. Um, and, you know, basically they're saying, well, they're here. We're going to, you know, Wingard's going to start his plot in motion again to get to time slip into her fantasy world. And this part that starts the plot is in Hellfire Club about to attack the X Men. So he, so he sweeps her away, and then everything goes colonial. Psychos is still like, I don't like this. What is going on? He's got some magnificent thought boxes. And, <laughs> and then he made he's rocking, he's a, he's rocking a Merce, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's rocking so a Merce and a pirate hat. Yeah, it's awful. And you know, yeah. Yeah, he becomes freaking small right here. And um, he tries his best, and then finally, as genius, that sounds like Big Hutch. Hello. Here's something bumping around. Yeah, let's. Uh, he'll he'll make it. So yeah, um, Jean Grey gets whipped uh, swept away by Wingard. Uh, and finally, Cyclops sees through the mask of him being mastermind and recalls back to when he saw the shadow back in the, the previous issue or two issues ago. And then he gets freaking mollywopped by a, a like a phoenix blast. And then we finally see the first appearance of the. Well, I guess it's not the first appearance, but she is the dark queen or the, uh, the black queen. Not the black queen. Uh, yeah. I mean. Now this is, comes up later on and uh, later when we do, I guess, Inferno. Uh, when Madeline Pryor becomes the Black Queen, um, mm-hmm. and, and, or she's the Goblin. I can't remember. I, the Goblin. Those books Goblin are hazy. Queen. Oh, okay. Yeah, those books are hazy to me. So, um, yeah. yeah. So she does that, and this starts this whole battle now. Like, oh, what happened to Cyclops? And then they rush in through there to go like the the Hellfire. Who's brother David? No, I'm here. I think. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you're here. All right. So. No. Um, He's wiped out there, and if you look at that panel before they switch into their costumes, if you'll see Hugh Hefner over uh, Storm's shoulder back. Yeah, in the corner behind Storm. Yeah, he's bite behind Storm. So uh, yeah, smoker's <laughs> jacket never know and <laughs> yeah, smoker's jacket and you know his pipe. So they rush up the stairs and they come in contact with Shaw, uh, Cyclops, or Colossus again, complete Colossus dialogue. Ooh. I don't want to hurt this little man. I was just doing nothing. Not conscious, but that didn't work out. <laughs> he got it's Shaw. Yeah, yeah, Shaw's hitting the him, and, and how it's drawn with his feet all up in the air, moving around like they just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
got knocked the fuck out. He sure did, didn't he? He's like, golly. But it doesn't knock him out. He's like, oh, he's so fast and so quick. And, like, Shaw's on him, and he tries something else. He picks him up by the foot, throws him against the wall. Like, I mean, Shaw's not playing completely at all. So this leads into <laughs> this sort of dialogue about uh, the uh, X-Men. Uh, golly, what's that movie called? First yeah. Class. First Class. Oh, and the yeah. depiction of Shaw in the movies, as opposed to the comics. What did you think of Kevin Bacon's turn in First Class, uh, Sandman? Uh, as far as uh, uh, what the uh, based on the comics, they completely missed the mark. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon, I always kind of wondered what the hell, why, why him? <laughs> I mean, I guess it was it was sufficient for the movie. I mean, he was fine. Um, uh, but I mean, there's no there's no comparison between the comic and uh, him. Uh, they look nothing alike. They act nothing alike, in my opinion, mm-hmm. outside of just being ruthless, I guess. But um, I mean, it worked in the movie, so I guess that's all they needed. Brother Beavis, I I think it was thing when I first saw it, just because even though he isn't in a lot of stories, I think Shaw's you know obviously a badass yeah. and sort of a signature villain, and so. They, I mean, they they essentially used his. They, they, I mean, his power was still like he could absorb energy and direct it. But instead of being just making him stronger, it was more like a bishop's power. I just yeah, the bigger problem we had was like the whole Hellfire Club was just kind of weak because the White Queen was terrible, and then those <laughs> other two guys like were just they were just clearly like uh, never throw in the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who who pay the least amount of money to get the rights to whoever these unknown characters are? He's kind of like Avalanche. Go for it. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Real, I guess we gave him, but you know. Yeah, I I I, I thought Kevin Bacon actually did like, Yeoman's work in that movie. Like I thought he, you know, kind of played this role. I know Brother B and I have had this conversation about that lady that played the White Queen and how awful she is. I mean, yeah. she's just a terrible actress, and she, I mean, she can't emote. Like she has yeah. zero ability to emote. Like her face has completely been Botoxed forever. <laughs> and like, yeah. I just, January like, Jones is her name. Yeah, yeah, I just can't like with her. Like, it's a terrible depiction. Uh, and she might have filled out the costume, but she was just awful. No. She didn't fill out the back of the costume. Not the back. <laughs> <laughs> she filled out the front of the costume. The uh, they had originally cast, or I think there was a rumor at least that they had cast the lady that played Carol Marcus in the Star in the new Star Trek movies. Oh, she right. thought, uh That would have been right. great, but I right. think what I the story I had read was like once she saw kind of how marginalized the character was, she didn't want to be part of it. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Rightfully, well, yeah. and you looking at the final product on the screen, that she was probably a hundred percent right. Um, so, um. So things aren't going well for the X-Men. Um, uh, back to Wolverine and Nightcrawler, they shift through. Um, this is something that's common in these comic books, too. Like, Nightcrawler is forever not able to teleport. Like, things happen. Like, oh, I, can't, I can't concentrate enough to teleport. And I'm like, how much do you need to concentrate to do this? You know, this is like a you by the throat. Like, just bam, man. Like, how complicated is yeah. this? Um, they, yeah, they even explain it. It's like, oh, electrical field, I cannot teleport. Uh, uh, yeah. Know, always some damn reason. And it like, happened in the issues when they were fighting the robot, too. Like, they hit him with the thing, and he couldn't. I, like, oh, I think it was a sonic blast in the in the last one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was. 
So we get a picture of Pierce, Paul Pierce. Uh, Wolverine almost cuts through his arm. You know, he's a cyborg. He's not a mutant, which is kind of weird because all the other ones are mutants, and he's not. And, like, he kind of has some anti-mutant beliefs later on when he fights against the Major anti-mutant beliefs, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of weird. They would hang out with him. Um, But then we see Harry Leland, and then we get this great scene where he increases Wolverine's mask and pushes him all the way through, and it's going to lead to one of the best, you know, kind of flash ending pages uh, at the end of this issue. Uh, and Wolverine gets knocked out, too, all the way down, and his body mass increases through the, you know, through the floors and out to the sewers, and then it's left up the storm to try to figure this out, and um, Shaw ain't having it. Gets her, <laughs> she tries to kick him. It ain't working, and she does everything. Yanks her down, and, and that's... Mm, uh, that shot of him standing over her with the cape, pulling it back, his foot on her neck, like almost on her neck or whatever. Again, yeah, doesn't register with me at twelve when I'm reading this. I was like, God, that's, uh, that's an interesting shot. Just you know, kind of from <laughs> kind of from the perspective of where we're looking at things, and then you know, throughout, I kind of kind of sort of off screen, but you know, that's it. And then Shaw, you know feeling pretty good. It's like, you know what, we should take on the Avengers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was reading that out, I was like, yeah. Y'all yeah. kind of took on, like, not the greatest version of the X-Men one. Uh, and y'all had with every like, possible. With, like, we have full surprise, everything prepped. Yeah, yeah everything on one by one and one. Yeah, I was like, I'm not sure if we're ready to take on the Avengers, especially the 80s Avengers, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Cocky so, bitch, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, there's much rejoicing. Looks like lots of wine and mead are being passed around in the Hellfire Club's inner circle as they uh, hail the new uh, Black Queen. And uh, you know, Wingard and Pierce are having their uh, uh, who, who's the lead? Yeah, who's the lead inner circle? You know, cock measuring, I believe. Dick measuring. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly what it is. Like, who's going to lead this? Shaw finally puts a shirt on at least. Yeah, yeah no well, joke. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's kind of funny too. They have that other lady in there. Like, y'all are trusting this lady with a lot of secrets. Yeah. Saying yeah. everything. Tess- you know, Tessa. she could have been. Yeah. yeah. Is that Tessa? Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's her. Yeah, she's an X Man oh. in the far distant, you know, uh, I mean, in the, the future eventually. Okay. One of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's I don't think that was her, but I was like, I don't know. Okay. So, oh, yeah. so, yeah. So, it ends it. This issue ends with. Shot of Wolverine after being knocked into the water. Like, okay, suckers, I've been taking you taking your best shot. Now it's my turn. That's one of the greatest comic book shots, pretty much of all time, especially in the X Men. I mean, everybody was hyped to see this after it happened. And then the yeah. next title is, you know, Wolverine Alone, uh, which, you know, I, I would venture to say to you that most people want to see Wolverine pretty much in these books and comics and movies anymore. <laughs> Like, I don't yeah, know about any people who cares about... Well, I don't know that anybody really cares too much anymore. You know, it was kind of in, in it with somebody on Twitter the other day. It was like, you know, well, X-Men Apocalypse didn't do so well, and you know, it was this, it was that. I'm like, I, I think maybe those X-Men movies need Wolverine to be successful monetarily. Uh-huh. You know, he might not be able to carry a movie on his own, but if you look at the movies that have made the most money for them, he's been front and center in them and, and everyone maybe right maybe that's part of the process you know even though first class was successful it's part of the sequel it's one of the least 
successful monetarily ones, and he's not well, in it except for for a second. Well, cameo before, thing, we, yeah. before we take that step, though, let's let's uh, let's try a couple more experiments where they actually try writing a cohesive plot and a compelling villain, <laughs> yeah. right. and see if that's successful. And right. then we'll yeah, see no whether or not they do or don't have to have Wolverine in. I don't think right. I don't think a, you know Fassbender was he's probably the only legitimate like character, the only compelling character. I mean, the biggest names, the three big ones, I give a shit about Professor X. We've we've mm-hmm. run down Jennifer Lawrence time and time again. Yeah. And they yes. just muted Fassbender in that movie. He was just right. a thrall for Apocalypse, who was terrible the whole time. So you had nothing. Yeah, which would never it. happen. Yeah, that would never right. happen in the comics. Yeah, and it's just, Magneto but, is nobody's bitch. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but I, I just think that Fox being Fox, hashtag Fox kind of Fox, that they are always they 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 really think that the that people care about this ex the expanded X universe, and I would dispute that mightily. That mm-hmm. I don't I think too. most people care. Like, I, I saw something today. They were like, "Oh, there's going to be a new mutants movie." I hate new mutants, man. I'd never cared about New Mutants. I would almost sooner watch Power Pack than I would watch a New Mutants. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 mean, I could care less, and I, I, I don't, I don't know that they know that an expanded mutant roster. I don't think that anybody cares about. You got like your core, probably ten mutants that people really, really give a damn about, and you might yeah. need to keep it at that. Like I mean, ten might be a stretch. Um, but I'll say, yeah. we'll say we'll, we'll give you 12, 12 mutants that people really care about. It's just, you know, that's, whatever. Man. I, that's I, don't, I don't understand why that Fox really thinks that we all care. You know, we want Wolverine. You know, you went through all these movies in 17 years and never gave us Wolverine in the yellow costume. That's awful. We need to see that yeah. once. That'll never, never that'll never happen under Brian Singer's watch. As long as he's there, that's never going to happen. Right. I can assure you that. Matrix uniforms. All right. Anyway, so yeah. if issue one thirty three, Wolverine lashes out, or Wolverine alone, and player Button And I mentioned this at the end of the last podcast. Like we're they're on a, a tear here. Um, same writer, same artist, on an absolute stretch run here of books. Um, that are high quality in terms of writing and art history. Um, and it's going to continue at least for another five issues here. Um, before that, I think Byrne leaves here actually to go do um, Alphabet, right? Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I, just read, same time. I just read an article about him recently. Like, he, he had his frustrations working with Claremont. Um, mm-hmm. And there was an episode, there was a drawing of Colossus that pissed him off, the words they put on it. And he just was like, I'm done. And right. the last thing he was, they published by him was Days of Future Past. Right. Yeah. Really? So he, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he bails, and I think he bails for Alpha Flight. I think that's yeah. where he goes. I, yeah, it was. Right. And then he, you know, and then he goes, I think, Fantastic Four shortly after Fantastic that. Fantastic Four, um, yeah. But, yeah, so it was just, um, yeah, so it's just an unbelievable run here. Uh, so, yeah, so Wolverine alone, all these mercenaries that are all looking for him, it doesn't work out well for them at all as he comes and he slices and dashes and, and whatever. And again, Wolverine in the comics be different than Wolverine in the cartoons because he can you know, he can slash and kill where he's not he allowed to do that in any of the cartoons. And he does this well and he tells you apparently, that he's doing it well because he's apparently the best different from Wolverine in the Secret Wars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is very true too. He wasn't kicking anybody in this. 
No, no yeah. jobs. And it was just funny, too, because this is three years before? Well, remember, Secret Wars was intended to sell toys. Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, this was, what, 1980? Yeah. That was this cool. is 80. Yeah. Yeah, it's just weird. Uh, but he goes through, he... Gets you know they dropped on him by somebody and the Buddha 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 with the bullets there and, um, <laughs> and it's so funny because he's like oh if I hadn't turned this way or whatever I would have cut the ribbons or whatever but I mean like maybe they didn't play up his healing factor as much early on I remember that being a much more later Wolverine plot like oh yeah he has this healing yeah. factor but they didn't play it up like you know where he's virtually unkillable um, yeah I think later into the eighties where that happens. Um, but again, if you ever saw X Men the animated series, this whole scene is completely pulled panel for panel onto the cartoon. Even the whole speech about hey, bro, he's hurting <laughs> either way. He can come to provide, what is it? What is the the metal that he's made of? Adamantium. Adamantium. No, not no, not not Wolverine. Uh, the Who? the the mercenary. He says, question oh. is, can I kill... Slicing through vanadium steel like a hot knife yeah. through butter. Yeah, oh. exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they get word for word. Uh, this guy pees his pants, and Wolverine plots how he's going to get them back. Now, yes, darn it. I wish Hutch was here for this part. All right, so when we <laughs> get back up into the upper room of the inner circle, um, all the wool, all the are um, tied up with inhibitor necklaces on, and of course, like how that the ruby cord. Just figured out why you want to have big hutches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no too. Well, there's a couple of reasons because we're in a. I'm gonna run Colossus a little bit again too, but <laughs> but the, yeah, I mean, you know where I'm going with parts of this. Yep. Uh, so basically, you know, they're looking at them, that they've captured them, and then the way it's been set up is that Wingard has convinced Jean Grey that they are, you know, lovers and married. I'm assuming they are in the South, the way things are turning out here. And uh, everybody that's captured, when Jean sees them, she doesn't see them in their X-Men uniform. She sees them as, you know, colonial types of figures. Now, I'm looking at What this, was going I, on back in those times for black folks? I can't... Uh, <laughs> That was what well, I think they thought now was they were working. Um, <laughs> that's not good times. Yeah, oh, no, no, it wasn't good times. Uh, they, they were working hard uh, for no money. Uh, basically, if you look at Colossus. Colossus looks like Tommy Lee Jones. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Nightcrawler and his thing. He looks. I, I can't. I keep have a picture or a name in my head, but I can't. I can't pull it out. Like Errol they Flynn turn, or something. Errol Flynn. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Errol Flynn, something. And Storm was named him, yeah. Yeah, Aunt Jemima. <laughs> uh, Straight up. Basically. Except she ain't fat. That's the only thing. It's a difference, yeah. But, but, but look at the difference. If you look at this, and it's subtle, but if you look at it, like, her lips are much bigger as a slave than she is yep. as Storm. Mm-hmm. And, much more, and much redder. Fair enough. Um, yeah, it's it's a completely different drawing. And I'm like, God, yeah. this was thought about. Like, y'all didn't just come up with this. Y'all, somebody thought about this, and they drew it. I mean, and when you and then when they get into the other shots too, you know, where you see her with her headdress on, and she's about to get, you know, freaking mollywhopped here, you know, as a slave, cracked across the whip, with a whip. 
Yeah, straight up. You know, I mean, this is uh, unacceptable. (laughs) In modern times, this is completely unacceptable. Totally get it. And in and of itself, outside of everything else, like, I get it. Like, I understand what they were doing. But you can't really maybe not have this because it it, it, it comes off 30-something years later. It comes off extremely insensitive at, at a minimum and then damn right overtly outrageously racist on the uh, on the maximum side of that so somewhere in <laughs> and I'm just like golly man come on man I mean yeah. somebody plotted and thought this out and thought that you know to her, to make her look different when they when they uh, when they made her the slate uh, so I mean uh, so yeah just one of those things that you know comics or whatever the cops can't see because you got to the courts freaking. Yeah, I, I, I was calling him the red hood as I was reading it. There was like, oh yeah, I guess he turned into the red hood from Batman, you know. So, uh, right. yeah, just the whole complete, you know, complete thing. And then this is the first establishment of the psionic rapport between Jean and Scott, where uh, you know she's in his head and he's her, and vice versa, that they can you know con- communicate with each other in their head at all times. Um, Kind of a weird plot device, one that actually plays out over a significant period of time um, in the comic books. Like, I mean, after her death and when she comes back, I mean, that plays out on that side of rapport, like, all the way through, um, even in the, in the X Factor, when she's back to being Marvel. Um, so, um, I'm sorry, did, did, that, did that read any differently than I did the thing with Stone? Am I reading it wrong? Am I being overly sensitive? No, I remember reading it like you know back in the day, and I was like, "Really? They got some slave shit up in this damn thing?" And I remember <laughs> being kind of, kind of, yeah, this similar to you, uh, producer, just a little shocked. I was like, "Damn!" Like, what are the hell are they trying to say here? You know, they <laughs> they could have. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess and they collared everything too. Yeah, yeah, yeah like everything. Yeah, yeah, and you're I mean, right about they completely draw her differently uh, as the slave and the storm. Yeah, so man, I don't know what they were trying to say with that shit, dude. Well, I mean, yeah. again, you could make it like I mean, you could take it even deeper than I'm taking it. Like, okay, so you know, kind of storm has become like in and of itself, or in and of itself has become like this kind of a black. Even though her, she, yeah. her skin is black, but she has yeah. completely all white features, like you know, between the hair, yeah, her blue, blue eyes, whatever. Only thing that's different is really the color of her skin. But yeah. when they needed to turn her into a slave, the nose got wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, everything changed out completely different. I'm surprised they didn't, you know, shift the, <laughs> the mm-hmm. thing on. Like, I'm like, really? That's weird. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Um, so, anyway. So, yeah. So, things aren't working out for the X-Men. Charles uh, 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 indicates Scott or to that yeah, we're gonna essentially like you know, do some apocalypse stuff and try to like create these super mutants based on your DNA essentially, which is kinda weird. Um that was interesting. I was just reading this and that was like the first time I noticed what their actual plot was. Yeah. That that's what they're trying yeah. to do is genetic engineering. Yeah. Yeah, they're right. super mutants. Yeah, and uh, I was like, because well, it should be like, yeah, we need to genetically engineer some mutants because ours are pretty terrible. We've got one yeah. guy who's not even a mutant. <laughs> yeah, another guy that hates makes mutants. people heavy. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> if y'all don't want to join, like, I'm the shit. I'm about to roll up on Avengers Mansion, but these other yeah. guys, I don't know. Yeah, no joke. I'm, White Queen yeah, doesn't pretty... even get out. White Queen isn't even in this. Did she get taken no. out or what? Well, they said no, in there she... that she chose suicide over uh, being captured, but we all know that you know, can't kill Emma Frost, yeah. though. Yeah. Um, then the scene shifts to Muir Island, and then Scott, or Scott, uh, Banshee, Banshee and uh, Maura McTaggart have a conversation about, you know, what, you know, we need to talk about Gene. Like, things are going wrong and all that stuff that we hope that could hold hold back this power of the Phoenix. All that stuff is going away. But the, to be uh, looked at again later, uh, and then Charles and um, Angel have that little conversation about everything that's going on and why, you know, Xavier is a bad leader, that he didn't follow Scott's lead after all of this, and you know, he's mad that baby got put in the corner, but he you know, he just really wants to help. And so the scenes keep shifting back in between and now. I, I back thought it was interesting. Like he, you know, I was thinking about this when we did the last time. It was like they all treat him like he's their dad and they love him. He's kind of a dick. And we were, yeah, we were always sick of wars. It was like, is he ever going to come back around? But here's yeah. a panel <laughs> where he's like, you know, he actually admits like, yeah, I resented Cyclops. I trained mm-hmm. him to be takeover for me. And be the leader of the X-Men. And then when he did, yeah. I was a dick about it. And so right, I think yeah, it is it's a, it is sort of nice, like, he finally does kind of accept that. I don't think he changes yeah. anything or anything like that. But, it, you know, it's no. sort of his moment of vulnerability. Right. And and then that comes back once she does make the turn and she ha- and they have that battle on the Sonic thing, you know, that, you know, the teacher and student, it comes up to forefront again. And he, you know does what he has to do to kind of to make that situation as right as he could. You know, I, th- I think probably more than anything is a, the way Xavier is written at this point in time is that nobody really sure what he is, you know, like, well, I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be with the Shi'ar and I'm back. Well, I'm supposed to be, like, he's all over the place. And I don't think there's any real consistency with Xavier for a long time, really. Yeah. I mean, I'm well, I think what, like you were saying up front, like he breaks stories because he's so powerful. Yeah. So they have to ride him out. Yeah, right. he's almost like, in a way, almost like the Superman problem. I mean, he's so powerful. Uh, what are you going to do with him? They don't seem to know what to do with him. That's why they kind of right. banished him with the Shi'ar for, what is it, 20 books or whatever it was yeah. for a while. Or, um, you know, and even when they brought him back, you know, he's in a background character. He's in New, New Mexico chilling with, a, uh, with Angel. You know, so. <laughs> another awful character. Yeah, another awful one. Yeah, yeah, yeah they terrible. I love his costume. I love Angel's costume. The red oh, and white one in the great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's no, a great looking in your costume. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with, with, with typical strength. <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. Damn. So, uh, Wolverine's got to try to get back to, to the eighteen. Have this fight with the mercenaries. Um, but before that happens, Scott goes to the astral plane, try to connect with Gene through their psionic rapport, and it doesn't work out. Wingard attacks him. They have a dueling battle with their <laughs> on God with their uh, uh, with their, with their, their psychic swords. Yeah, their psychic. Yeah. Yeah. There's no freaking whatever double entendre there, and um. They fight on the psychic plane. Uh, Wingard, air quotation, is going to kill him. Spoiler alert. Uh, but that's not where Wolverine comes in. And you get another black character. One of the goons is black. He even gets some dialogue, too. 
Oh, yeah, Come piece Wiggly around. Little Man or Pieces, your choice. Yeah, yeah, you know, of course he's working, but whatever. You know, he wasn't at the party <laughs> working uh, and beating up niggas. So, <laughs> <laughs> I want you to serve these drinks, and if any Canadians come in with some yellow costumes on, I want you to beat them up. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, can I have a weapon? You have those bowling pins. What? Yeah, no, can yeah. I have, no, can I have no. a weapon? Yeah, no. Yeah, I need you to take this. Um, so, yeah, so they, um, Wolverine makes his way out there after Cyclops is killed, air quotation, um, and he's on, on the floor. And I remember reading this out of the thinking, and they killed Cyclops. Dang. You know, yeah. where he's lying there. You know, you know Nightcrawler goes out, like, oh my God, not, he isn't breathing. Cyclops is dead. You know, I mean, that, you know, a 10, 11, 12 year old me is like, man, that kid Cyclops. I can't believe it. You know? Um, but alas, he's like, does this mean Professor X is in charge again? Shit, no, no, not Professor. Check out Sebastian Shaw and his robe and his yeah, sipping on his cognac, sipping on his yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, he's a good character. I mean, he's here, like, you know, he doesn't make too many other appearances as as my memory serves me. They don't make too many other appearances after this. I, mean, I, I think they might run in one, one, two major ones I can think of, and that's been about oh, okay. Help There's a Nimrod out. story. Nimrod, okay. that one, yeah. And that's where uh, Leland dies. Yeah, yeah. Nimrod. Pierce yeah, comes back in a big way. Yeah, Pierce comes a lot. And then Leland right. dies at some point in time. I yeah, Leland dies around issue 200. That's when fighting Nimrod. Okay. Right. He has a, he has a heart attack, actually, uh, um, Nimrod knocks Shaw into orbit, and um, to bring him back down, um, uh, Leland has to bring him back down to Earth, and it's too much for his heart, and he has a heart attack and dies. <laughs> I didn't write it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to kill Fetty. How are we gonna I do think it? the uh, I think the Hellfire Club was in the new the new mutants. Not that anybody here would know, because uh, yeah. Magneto was part of the Hellfire Club at one point. So I think yeah, that's, that's mostly what they were doing over the years. And then they pop right. up and they all get off because they were targeted by the uh, Shinobi Shaw and, yeah, yeah. and the Game Master and all that shit. Yeah, I stopped reading that from that, that point. Yeah. Um, okay. At least not those books. Well, so the last issue you can have is 134. Um, and it is uh, too late, the heroes. Now, of course, Psychops is not dead. My astral form died and almost killed my reality form too. But as you see, if you look at that, you can see that uh, the Black Queen uh, she's shifted. She's not all up in Wingard's business anymore. She's kind of got an off side to off to the side look, like something is amiss. And um, you know, they this recap again. You see Storm. What do you say? Uh, in the middle there next to Tommy Lee Jones. Um, it's, it's, just, it's just bad, man. That's just a bad look. It is a really bad look. Um, and they recap everything that has happened and the, the stuff in, from the 1800s or whatever. And um, Wolverine finally makes his way up into the inner circle of the Hellfire Club. Um, Shaw, Fat James, even for not actually killing him. And... Um, you know, the the battle is going to begin. Now, Jean Grey has gained control of her, a little bit more control of her faculties. 
and she attacks Wolverine, but at the same time, she also frees um, from his, um, his mask that is on his face, and the battle begins to you know, unravel for the Hellfire Club as Scott gets out and frees the other X-Men to go fight against everybody else. Um, so anything hey, struck y'all in there? Um, yeah, real quick, how exactly does Cyclops blast his helmet off when this is supposed to be a ruby quartz helmet, which yeah. utilizes <laughs> optic glass? If I'm if I'm not thinking about this right, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. he says, okay, all I got to do is open my eyes, and what his eyes were okay, his eyes were closed that whole time. Okay, that'll make no sense either. Well, that's and, because the uh, <laughs> the glasses are held in behind his ears. And once this was unlocked, his glasses would fly off too if they weren't on his ears. It <laughs> <laughs> hey, works for me, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever heard the Ruby Corps explained? Yeah. No. Not, well, not so either. I read something, and you know, I'm sure this is something that somebody, every new writer makes up something different for every five years. So what, yeah. what I heard, the only thing I've ever heard that made some sense I, uh, was that he yeah. has a, a field, an electrical field or whatever around his body. That keeps the uh, keeps the beams in, but when it but when it, when his eyes are open, it breaks down the field. And so what the ruby quartz does, it doesn't block it or anything. It just it recreates the field, and it closes the gap in the field that would let his eyes let, let his blast out. What in the world? <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that one. I thought I heard them all. That was pretty good. Yeah, that, so it's that's not it. in that in that explanation. It's not that the you know that he can't. A blaster or ruby quartz or something like that. It's just it's the field. So, but that mm-hmm. argument would mean that he probably couldn't shoot his helmet off either. Yeah, exactly. Right. <sighs> yeah, yeah. That's always bothered me. I mean, back in the day, I remember reading this, and I was like, eh, I don't know if that makes any sense. But okay, comic books, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And they. Yeah, I mean, and it's a good scene, actually. I mean, the way they it is. they set it up, the way he just frees. You know, he goes take out, you know, everybody and freeze everybody else. Um, there's going to be a line here again with Colossus where Colossus does something stupid. Um, <laughs> really stupid. Oh, almost gets I was mad killed. Yeah. <laughs> almost gets himself killed, and he runs him for it, you know, in the middle of the battle. And, again, this is this is grade-A peak Cyclops or yes. Cyclops territory here. This is not moody, broody Cyclops. This is not... Magneto Cyclops which is going on right now, or you know, which is the most recent version of Cyclops. This is, you know, confident. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Captain Cyclops. America Cyclops. Yes. Yeah, the, <laughs> the precision with which he uses his power, the the quickness of his decisions, the strength of his tactics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, so he, I'm Leland out and down. Wolverine goes after him. Um, and, you know, you get that great shot of Cyclops realizing <laughs> that, you know, that you can't uh, hit uh, Leland with his bat, 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 you know, knocks out the floor uh, as Colossus makes his decision to attack a cyborg in his uniform, and he almost gets his yeah. face knocked off, <laughs> which yeah. he probably yeah. should have. And he's like, oh, I should protect him in my whatever form, and Colossus is like, if that's true, you're luckier than you deserve. You should have anticipated that attack. <laughs> yeah, you punk yeah. ass. I think is what yeah, he added. He straight up called him a dumbass, yeah, in, yeah, in a very did, nice way. You know? so. And I don't know how to show Colossus here, but this is not a great version of Colossus. 
my young Colossus is not a great version. I, I don't really start <laughs> liking Colossus really until after Secret Wars, until after he gets his ass kicked by uh, Jerry in that bar fight. Like, I kind of started liking him then. But, like, after issues 200 and after Magneto becomes the, the, the leader of the X-Men, like, I, right. I, I like the character a lot more. And then when they brought him back to life from the Spongebob, the character was more fully formed at that point in time. And I, you know, I like that version of Colossus. But this version is awful. Like, he's just, he's so <laughs> unsure of himself. He's such a, even though he has great style, he's just terrible. Like, you can't do like, anything. Yeah. Yeah, the funny thing to me was always, where do his pants go when he transforms? Like, why do his yeah, I've always wanted that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never noticed that. And, yeah, I've, uh, I've known that for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, that's a great mystery of the world there. Uh, I'm, I'm well, mm-hmm. He has an electric field around his body, and the blue pants <laughs> keep him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let's go with so, that. So, yeah, so Cyclops in total ran the situation since Storm and Nightfall after Shaw. This is kind of an interesting group. Leland goes to the floor. He increased Wolverine's mass, and he pushes him all the way through. And then they make their attack on Shaw. And, you know, they just do some absolute goofy stuff to try to get him out. <laughs> um, but in between that, <laughs> I love the, that, the, oh, the, the, I love the Wolverine plunging onto, onto Leland. Yeah, it's like, oh, I got my, I got yeah. my one power. Let me, oh, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but but in between Shaw fighting Storm and Nightcrawler, um, there's a scene where um, we shift to the Avengers mansion. Uh, Beast is there. Uh, and they got him on patrol, uh, like, I guess, monitor duty. Monitor like, duty. Like, yeah, where everybody else is out fighting criminals. I'm on monitor to do and then the call comes in about the X maybe doing something over in the hat and he has to make the decision on what he's gonna do. But at the previous time he was already complaining about you know, well, what's you know, should I make this call or who you know, what am I supposed to do? I use my you know, I miss all my time with the FN or whatever and he erases the call, you know, the police call that came in to go run towards his community buddy. Um, I, I hate these two. Uh, he's not one of the he's not one of the ten X Men that I care about. Uh, I yeah. never really cared for the character. I, I'm more familiar with Beast, and I liked him more as an Avenger than I ever did as, a, as an X Men, like yeah. ever. Well, I mean, well, I mean, half the original X Men are whack anyway. I mean, what are the, the two most useful ones? Cyclops, Iceman, maybe Jean Grey, but not 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 then, but later. So you got maybe yeah, two out like of five was, that are worth something. He seemed like he was never stronger, never strong enough for the other strong guys, and he was never like fast enough for the other fast guys. And so he was yeah. like, you know, he was stuck in the middle. He was like, you know, kind of Spider-Man level ability, but without the gadgets. Right. Right. And just, right. And it just never, I just never understood. I, I just never liked the character. I don't know if it was nine. I don't know when they made him like this. Freaking eloquent wordsmith or whatever too. Mm-hmm. He just never yeah. cared for the character. Like I was like, I don't like Beast. <laughs> well, that's like you know that's that's the sort of one note writing from the sixties, right? Like so he's mm-hmm. he's the Beast. He's strong, but he's smart, and that's and right. that's like go. You know that's right. Like Thirty years <laughs> of comics right there. So yeah, right. pretty much. 
Yeah. I, I like dark bees better than I like regular, like, you know, bees. Oh, yeah. Like dark bees, <laughs> genetic experimenting on people's bees. There's right, like crazy. a couple good, like, the there was a in the Grant Morrison the tail end of the Grant Morrison run there was one of the dystopian futures was one in which the beast had basically taken the characteristics of the dark beast and was doing all mm-hmm. sorts of manipulation and stuff like that but yeah, right. yeah. Okay. it's a much yeah. more interesting character at that to me um, but beast will be back uh, don't you worry next week we will see the beast again um, <laughs> and then uh, it's just kind of a weird thing you see Pierce and Wolverine and Colossus fighting again. Um, Colossus gets really mad, you know, because he insulted him somehow, something, and uh, he snaps his arms and he gets the electric in the face. And, and Colossus, <laughs> and then <laughs> he's so strong that he's so weird, and I can't take it. Um, no, Colossus is one of my X Men actors, but he might make the list, but it's gonna be close. Um, Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and now Shaw is being Afro Circus, Afro Circus. And then, you know, and Shaw finally catches up to that. And then <laughs> that punch to the stomach, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's holding him up by a leg like a freaking uh, like Tony Bully. He got him by the side of the Yeah. Yeah. And so. <laughs> it doesn't really work for him very well either. And so uh, the storm comes in and like puts him in a blizzard and you know drains his power. <laughs> that would actually be something that he could absorb. Um, I guess it's like kinetic energy, but I, I, I don't know. I just kind of thought was like, hey, maybe that's kind of on the line. But yeah, so sends him in the retreat. He finds um, Pierce and they run away. Next time we'll do something better. And so, you know, those two guys are out. Uh, Leland is, you don't want to know. And, uh, <laughs> and Wolverine tells Scott Cups as much. Like, you have noticed and you don't know. And um, they're all trying to get everybody together to get out of there. Um, but Jean is in there. as Like, she hasn't turned into the Dark Phoenix yet. But she's pretty much lost all control of Jean Grey. And she finds Leland, and she's not happy about Wingard. Wingard, sorry. She finds Wingard, and she's not exactly happy about what he has actually unleashed inside of her. Um, and she lets him know. Uh, and the artwork on this is just fantastic. Every single panel is just genius, man. This peak burn right here, man. And his run of Fantastic Four is genius, too. But this is peak burn, and... Um, I mean, yeah, so basically she finds him, she lets him know that you should have done what you did, because you have no idea essentially what you just unleashed onto the world, and she's wondering, like, how he got into her mind and whatnot, and she gives him all the power that he was looking for by reaching deep into the galaxy or something, I don't know, whatever, because of comics, <laughs> and, she, and she, she leaves him as a drooling pile of whatnot, like, in the middle of the floor, yeah. <laughs> look like look like a crack look like a crackhead, you know. Yeah, like yeah. a wino a man high. stuck yeah. on yeah, yeah. Third Street somewhere, and uh, <laughs> it's, not <laughs> it's not a good look. <laughs> and so now bad. Jean, Jean Grey stops referring to herself as Jean Grey. If you'll notice as she goes through, she's all referring to herself as Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix is you know, over her 
he's taking over. Now, if you remember this from the X-Men animated series, you see Cyclops coming in the panel there. He says Gene a solid <laughs> 50 times per episode uh, in those cartoons, man. Yeah. Just, I, I remember this as the days long because this, this uh, happens while I was in college. And uh, my roommate at the time, who cares about a comic book or an animated show or whatever, but, you know, it's on, I'm watching it. He's like, dude, all I hear is him saying, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> like, Gene. Gene. Um, and he's constantly saying her name. So it's hilarious. Um, so anyway, so yeah. So, yeah, they're making their way out of the, uh, the Hellfire Club. Um, they get to the, uh, the Blackbird, um, though, isn't it? What ship is that? Uh, I don't know, I don't know. what. It's yeah. just uh, uh, a, a generic ship that they just came up with for this. Is that a leftover Shi'ar vessel? That's what I was about yeah. to say, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, they're 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 making their retreat. And, you know, but things, again, because nothing goes well for the X-Men at this point. Um, <laughs> Wolverine makes a thing like he sees all the NYPD uh, rolling up in there. Like, well, they will have an army to take us on. And she goes, against the army, Wolverine, you might have had at least a hope of survival. Against me, you have none. And Sokoff goes, what? oh, no, no. <laughs> and then... Uh, you get this line that will be repeated in multiple issues that I am fire and life incarnate now and forever. I am things and boom. And then at the end of Phoenix and we only have Dark Phoenix as we go on through the rest of the books. So, you know, kind of recapping Brother Beavers, what do you remember most about these books? Uh, there's, it's funny, there's a couple of scenes that I remember that there are, they, it, they're big in my mind, but they're actually like little panels, like the Cyclops and Jean on the top of the of the the butte where she pulls the yeah. glasses off. Mm-hmm. But just right. you know, the the Wolverine, every basically all of Wolverine's fight scenes in this are just spectacular. The 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 duel yeah. on the psychic plane, it's just mm-hmm. like it, it's just a great run. The, the thing that that strikes me relative to like comics today and movies today is like you know, just the varied uses of their powers and that, you know, that actually all the fights are different. It's not just like, you know, yeah, go ahead and hit harder, hit harder. It's like, <laughs> you know, they just, they use different tactics. They use their powers in different ways. It's just, it's a much more interesting action as opposed to just what we've come to now. It's just like splash pages of, you know, explosions and one. It's like Jerry Bruckheimer comics or whatever, but mm-hmm. just, right. Right. I just, it's, it's uh, as dense it is, as it is, it's, you know, there's still a lot going on. It's I, it's just a great run. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Sam? What do you remember? Yeah. Most? What I remember mainly is like, uh, man, this is one of the wordiest books I've read in a long time. <laughs> so, I mean, right. this is like 1980. You know, this is 12-year-old me uh, trying mm-hmm. to – struggling at times to keep up with some of these words and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very right. – Chris Claremont really, like, kind of outdid himself with the um, – words especially uh, when he's describing that um gene is turning to uh, inevitably turning into dark phoenix and the words mm-hmm. he used i'm looking looking at a panel here the obsidian flames burn bright within her right <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh 
I didn't know what was going on completely, but I was like, well, this is some important shit going on right here. Cause these are some big right. ass words. So yeah, know, it's, uh, <laughs> it wasn't quite that bad for me, but I, yeah, it's, um, this is classic, man. This is when you think of X-Men, this is it. This is their summit. This is the peak. Right. So this is, yeah. these are the books that got all of us probably hooked on the X-Men, um, this run. But I would also say, and it, it will, this will come up as we go through some of the there. Like I would say, Claremont got even wordier post right. <laughs> the thought boxes and the plot boxes are in some of those books are massive. I'm I'm talking yeah, probably fifty words in a thought box or a plot box, and it's like golly, this is so dense. I'm trying to just even get the dialogue, you know. So I'm just like, man, oh man, what in the world, dude? But I mean, you got your money's worth too. The book was only seventy five cents. You really felt that you got your money's worth seventy five cents. Whereas now you pay three or four dollars, and you're just like, that in thirty five seconds. I feel like I got my money's worth. I'm wordsmith out of it. I think probably there's like there's still a lot of subtlety in this. I mean, there's some subtlety in the storytelling and the fact that they'll, they'll they'll show you some stuff that you don't know what it is and they explain it a few issues later. That's more overt. But, like, Jean's turn on Mastermind is, like, all done with art. She doesn't explain, like, right. on the very last page what, you know, it was right. the act of killing Cyclops set mm-hmm. her free. But, but, I mean, you know, just the little looks and whatnot is what you get until, you know, she, you know, she gives him the dirty look. And even then, it's not clear, like, <laughs> You know, does Cyclops know that? You know, it's because they don't mm-hmm. do a lot of the interplay between them. So, I mean, I think that there's just a lot of storytelling going on, both with the art and the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. again, you show me a run between a writer and an artist, or even if there's just an artist in and of itself that's doing both. And, I, I mean, like I said, we'll even go to Burns or on Fantastic Four, where the writer and the artist are together for such a long period of time and created, like, an absolute, like, just a run of books that are absolute classic. I mean, if we had all of these books, you know, CGI graded back in the day, I mean, we wouldn't be having this conversation except on our gold phone and on the moon, bitch. Because we would be rich. (laughs) (laughs) We would be rich. I saw this book. One of these CGI graded at a nine or whatever was worth, like, $700. From a forty cents investment, so I, mean, I was like, "Come on, man! Like seriously, like <laughs> it's such a classic run. The introduction of characters that have made themselves over time. That again, y'all are saying these characters, you know, they died later on, but they were introduced at a long time, and where they were very important characters to what's happening in the plot of the story. You know, nowadays we try to introduce new characters all the time, and they just they never stick." No. We're going to come to our, our kind of side whatever topic here in a second um, before we end. It's just like if you can create characters and if you give them a solid story, people will care about that character and you can lose Shaw for 40 issues, but then bring him back and people will be like, oh, I remember when Shaw was, you know, at the health club or whatever. Like it's, just, it's not just something in there. Just because, well, this is the character that we're going to put in, and we're going to let them have a run for about you know, an issue or two, and then Wolverine's going to cut them to ribbons and shreds, and then we'll never see the first thing. Like, that's not <laughs> right. a good plotting, you know, and that's not right. a good character, you know. So, but yeah, just a great run. Um, spinning it forward, so next we'll get into the Dark Phoenix saga, and we'll take from 
Dark Phoenix all the way until she um she dies. Spoiler alert. Uh, on the dark side of the blue moon, on the blue blue portion of the moon, where the watchers watch. So, um, well, and that that'll be issues one thirty five, thirty six, and then she dies in issue one thirty seven, which is a great comic book too. Uh, actually, I had there go. That any CDR credits in my garage, nothing. But you know, whatever. It's a great it's a great issue too, and a great payoff to what it actually happened. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about the what if issue about you know. Because they waited to the last moment to make that decision to kill her. Because that really wasn't there. Um, right. So, all right. All right. So that was that. And then, all right. So we'll start saying the topic real quick on um, Ironheart. Uh, not the, yeah. the um, story that's about uh, Riri Williams, who's going to become, going to take over in the book of the Invincible Iron Man. She's a 15 year old. African American female. She's an MIT, I think, graduate already. She's a genius, and somehow, some way, she is going to take over being Iron Man. But she's going to be going to go with Iron Heart, like that's going to be her her, her nickname, her right. her code name instead of her code name. Her Iron Girl. She's going to be Iron Heart. So, saying that, back to what I said before. If you're going to do this, Marvel, DC, or whoever is going to do this, if you're not going to give them a competent story and a significant push, this huh. is just you know this is just hot shotting the title onto somebody for a couple of weeks. It's just all you're doing, brother Beavis. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I yeah. it's it's it baffles me the way they've adopted a stance where they seem like the only way they can introduce new characters at the expense of an established one. And right. And it's like, you know, don't, you know, and, and maybe it'll be great, but I don't know. I, the thing I was thinking of, like, if you really want to do away with everybody rather than marginalize them all, just like turn time back on, let them be 35, let them be 40, you know, let them be whatever right. and bring in a new generation and call it Iron Man colon, the invention, the adventures of Ricky, whoever, if that's, you know, do something like that rather than just make it at the expense of, you know, the, of the other characters. Right. Right. Same man. Yeah. I I agree with you. This it's um, the entire, I mean, all the main Avengers now have been replaced by in the comics talking about by somebody else. You got, we are kind of, I kind of went over this, Real quick, uh, um, you got Falcon as Captain America. You got Jane Foster's Thor. You got uh, now Riri Williams is going to be Iron Iron Heart, aka the mm. Iron Man substitute. Yeah, I mean this is clearly you know uh, where Marvel's trying to push it, and you know almost it almost seems like forced diversity, like fake diversity almost. Yeah. It's like I, I I'll, I'll admit I do read uh, the Thor comic because I, I used to read Thor back in the day so I still kind of mm. uh, look into it now and the stories actually aren't bad it, um, and you know it's just the fact that they they still want to call her Thor you know instead of Lady Thor or whatever no they I mean they went into depth that you know that's her name is Thor yeah. and you know it's like well geez I mean really <laughs> can't do a little right. better than that uh, right. you know so I got mixed feelings on it yeah. Okay. Yeah. My issue is that 
It, 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 I mean, I've written those Plessy versus Ferguson comic book articles for the website a while ago. They're going to make her Iron Heart, but then in the same breath, Doctor Doom is going to be Iron Man. Yeah, so the infamous Iron versions. Man. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So you're going to have two characters again, one of them being a white dude. So she's really not Iron Man. It's the Spider-Man situation where you have Miles Morales as, you know, domestic Spider-Man and Peter Parker as international Spider-Man. Like, right. It's just Plessy versus Ferguson, like, separate <laughs> characters. and But they're not. Because you know at some point in time, Iron Man is going to be Tony Stark. They yeah, they're going to bring him back. Yeah, this is the established canon in history. So, yeah. and I don't understand, and I do understand because it's always about money. Yep. Why don't Marvel invest the time and effort and resources, because I know it's a money issue, into helping people create new characters, giving them credible pushes, to establish them in a universe. Does take money? Yes. And does, is that book maybe not going to be profitable for a while? That's a strong possibility. But right. if you do it that way, at least you could put a character in the regular continuity without taking away from another character. Do we need another white superhero? No, we don't. We don't. Like, does there need to be a space for like, a black female superhero that's not Photon or Storm? Or right. Like, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah, we do need that. But couldn't have Riri Williams been somebody else. Definitely. You know what I mean? Like, it could have happened, and you kept her as, you know, it's, it's just, it baffles me because I just, I see the end game, and I know I'm supposed to enjoy the moment, but I see the end game, and I know the end game is yeah. at some point in time, she's either, and Marvel pays some dust on the court, at some point in time, Tony Stark's going to be freaking Iron Man. So it's either you shift into an alternate reality, or you kill her. <laughs> yep. So, or she's like, you know what, I don't want to no more. I'm just going to go get a regular job and shit. You know, fuck that. <laughs> I'm just gonna go <laughs> work at Macy's. I'm done being an Iron Man. You know that's too hard. You know I work too hard. I, just, I ain't doing that no more. So I mean, it's like you just like where where's what's the end game here? You know, it's gonna end with a movie with Ironheart in it. You know, and of uh, the Affinity Wars is Ironheart gonna? No, you know that ain't happening. It's never gonna happen. And you that's know, the amazing thing too is like the movies are the biggest thing ever. And yet they're going out of their way to distance the comics from them. Right. Yeah. You know. Or, or, which is even more than that, or you'll have the, uh, whatever Iron Man, Doctor Doom, you have Iron Heart, and then just like Captain America came back, then you'll have like, a, you know, an oh, yeah. invincible Iron Man or the incredible Iron Man as Tony Stark. So if you want to, you know, Hey, you know, you want to read the women Iron Man, you can read the, the evil Iron Man, you want to read the, the regular Iron Man. You pick. Which, again, is the reason I believe the comics are dead is because there's too many damn comics. So, right. Yeah, I just, I just don't know what the end game is. I mean, I'm going to buy the first issue. Sure, I'm going to buy it because, like, you know, my daughter would like to see, like, female Iron Man or whatever. That's fine. Like, I have no problem with it. No problem supporting it, probably for a couple of issues to see if it's any good. But 
I mean, I know at a point in time, Kevin's just going to be sitting somewhere and have to wind up giving away to somebody at some point because it's not going to mean anything. It's like, yeah, you know, that's right. They did that for a couple of, you know, 12 shoes, and then she just faded away, and then to the age of apocalypse, and she was never seen again. So, whatever. <laughs> yep. yep. That's pretty much it. So, yeah, that's it. All right. That's it. I'm done. All right. Well, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was our Thursday comic chat for this week. I was actually going to get comic books today. I never made it to the door. Uh, but I do have some books that I need to go pick up because it's it's been a minute. Uh, it's been a minute. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's that. Next week, get to kill Phoenix. I'm looking forward to it. I, I read that book actually recently, so I'm kind of looking forward to reading it again. Um, but, yeah, we finally get a chance to kill her. And so maybe on your side <laughs> reading, the side reading, maybe go into, we might maybe dip into uh, that Fantastic Four, was that 201, where they bring her back, 200? 286. 286, okay, yeah, where yeah, they, I know where they bring her back. Yeah, yeah, where they bring her back from the cocoon egg of the phoenix or whatever. We might slide into that a little bit just to right. just to screw with them, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, I definitely, yeah, I mean, it's a good story. And maybe I can have a sort of sense, but, yeah, I want to slide into that, too. So we'll get to uh, kill Phoenix next week. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Like I said, maybe we'll get Big Hatch back next week, hopefully, on the line. All right, so that's the comic book corner tonight. Uh, we're going to sign off. I am the producer. Go ahead and sign off, Sammy. It's all right, y'all. Until next week, I'm out. All right. All right, sign off, Brother Beavis. I'll catch you in humans next week. That's right. Human uh, mutants, man. That's uh, that's a whole other story in the podcast. It's a whole other story. Yeah. I'm not gonna do it. Um, <laughs> All right. So y'all see these, man. Peace. Peace. Peace.